I am spoiled. Then again, you're spoiled too. We're spoiled because we happen to speak one or more of the power languages of today. When you and I need information, we find it easily in a language that we know. However, millions of other people are not as spoiled. They sometimes have a hard time finding information they need in a language they understand. Help is available in the form of machine translation. In fact, an estimated 1 billion people use the technology today. As we know, it isn't perfect. It's also more usable in some languages than others. But it's being developed and it is improving rapidly. If we simply continue that development, we will eventually reach the languages and quality levels needed to make it usable for more people. But I wasn't interested in waiting around for that to happen. So in my PhD, instead of looking at the technology shown here in my slide in the form of Google Translate, I looked at what was going on around that technology. My idea was if we can learn how people actually use machine translation and what things help them to use it, then we can build better solutions. So I studied different types of users, both individual users of online tools and one community that uses machine translation at work. I found out that people are using the technology in some unexpected ways. I'll give you three examples of this. One, people often translate texts that are in languages they already have some understanding of. This means that they're using both the original and the translated text together. Two, they're also looking at other things in the original text, like pictures, which the machine translation tools don't handle. Both of these things tell developers that their tools need to make it easy to show both the original and the translated text together. The third example of unexpected ways people use machine translation is that they often put the same text into two different tools. So they might first see what Google Translate tells them, but then get a second opinion from Microsoft Translator. Knowing this, a developer of one of these machine translation tools might say, why don't we just put access to a second tool directly into our own solution? Through these three examples and other discoveries I made about unexpected ways people use this technology, I concluded that machine translation does not exist in a vacuum. It is used by people like you and me, and we often use it in unexpected ways. If we can get a better understanding of how people really use technologies, then we can build better tools and we can more quickly bring the benefits of machine translation to the next billion users. Thank you, Mary Nurminen. That's an interesting topic and many of us know something about it in practice. Mary, when we get lousy users' manuals, we usually put the blame on machine translation. Is machine translation so very unreliable? The, the point of my, my research is, is that it's so much more than just what the machine punches out, the, the language that comes out of it. There are so many things going on in the context in which people use it that contribute positively or negatively to how effective it is. In your example of a, of a user manual, I assume that the user is actually not aware is this machine translated or not? When machine translation is put in the, is presented to people as if it were human, produced by humans, then they, they can feel cheated. Whereas if you have a user manual that you don't understand, it's in a language you don't understand, and you yourself decide, I'm going to machine translate 
this and, and see if I can understand it, then you know what you're going into. You know what the situation is. And first of all, you approach it in a different way. And so these kinds of things can all affect how effective people find it to be. On the other hand, there are many things that make a text poor. So it could be that there is a human translator that was not up to the task, maybe was not a professional translator. The company decided to save money, so they had the, the, their neighbor's son, who happens to know a little bit of Finnish, translated, and that can produce something that's equally poor as machine translation. I think nowadays there is a tendency to immediately blame machine translation. I also have taught technical writing for years and years, and before there was the machine to blame, they blame technical writers very often. So. <laughs> <laughs> There's always something or somebody to blame. <laughs> Mary Nurminen, does machine translation include some cultural assumptions? For example, about the gender. So that if we talk about a doctor, a doctor is supposed to be a man, he. And when we talk about a nurse, a nurse is supposed to be she. Yeah, yeah, this is, it is true, it's a very hot topic right now in machine translation research that some biases that come from our own language make it into machine translation. And that's because the machine, all of the translations it produces are based on good human translations. And usually good or maybe less good human translations, but usually very good human translations. And so anything that humans, any kind of biases we have, of course they're passed on to the machine. It's, it's easy with Finnish and English to test this. You can just go into Google Translate and put something like and see if it gives you a he as the, as the doctor or a she. But when it does that, it means that the data that went into training that machine translation engine had more ex- instances of the doctor being a he than a she. And they're working, they're trying to figure out solutions for this bias problem. For example, some machine translation tools let you decide nowadays. They'll show both he and she and say, you can decide this. But the real solution, of course, would be to have human-created input that is less biased. Your aim is to get better machine translation by understanding the users. So this is not your topic exactly, but what do you think? Do we have a perfect machine translation one day? Um, You said the goal is to get perfect machine translation, but I would say that my goal is to get a better machine translation experience by concentrating on how people use it. There is a whole line of research My wild guess is that 85% of research in machine translation goes into how to make better machine translation. And other new areas are starting to look at how translators use it, how other people use it. But my goal is to let them continue that development, continue to try to make better and better machine translation. But in the meantime, look at what other things in the experience of using it could help people be able to use it more effectively. So I hope to come up with solutions or to create knowledge that would help developers to create a better experience in addition to this quest they have to make better and better machine translation. Um, as to whether it's perfect now, as we know it is not, it is very usable now in some language pairs. So usable meaning it's useful if people, 
in a good context, in a, a context that promotes it, it can be it can help them to access information they didn't have access to before. So it is useful. It still has mistakes. It still has problems. But no, it's not perfect. I do think it will continue to get more and more useful as the technology gets better, but also as our understanding of the experience of using machine translation gets better. If it will ever replace humans or be equal to humans, I don't think so. The machine will never have the capacities that humans have, for example, to translate a very creative text or to, to, to translate a nice slogan in a creative way that fits the culture. Somebody said once, machine translation does nothing with culture, which is true. It's, it's a simple replacement of the, the linguistic parts with other linguistic parts that approximate what they should be if produced by a human. But there's so much more that a human translator brings into translation that the machine, I do not think, will reach. And, and I also think that no matter how much we use it, the billion users or the next billion users, there are certain areas where it just can't compete with a human. And nobody should be considering replacing the human with that. Tällä kanavalla 98,4 MHz, Tampereella Radio Moreni.